Welcome to Unpacking the Digital Shelf, where we explore brand manufacturing in the digital age. Hey everyone, Peter Crosby here from the Digital Shelf Institute. We come bearing great news for the industry. The wild west of retail media has just started on a path to get way less wild and way more transparent accurate, reliable, and secure. All thanks to the work of the IAB, the Media Rating Council, and experts from across the industry. Yes, the IAB has released a landmark new set of guidelines for retail media and measurement, a significant step forward to help organizations, quote, ensure compliance with privacy regulations, maintain transparency with users, and enhance privacy protections in reported outcomes data sets, close quotes. So joining us today on this Unpacking the Digital Shelf Megasode are Jeffrey Bustos, VP Measurement Addressability Data at IAB, Kelly Kashnowski, VP of Commercial Development at the Mars Agency, and Michael Shu, VP of Media Strategy and Product at Kroger Precision Marketing. Let's dig in. Oh my gosh, I am so excited about this uh, episode of Unpacking the Digital Shelf. We have some of the brightest minds in retail media talking about the newly released retail media measurement standards from the IAB. And we have so many guests today. So this is a megasode. So uh, hang in, we've got a long one coming at you because we've got so many brains on here to, to, uh, to dig into this. We have IAB's very own and the lead on the new standards, Jeffrey Bustos. Kelly Kashnowski from the Mars Agency and Michael Shu from Kroger 8451. Thank you all so much for being here today and talking about this truly groundbreaking moment of, of maturity for retail media in the industry. So our audience knows that with the plethora of retail media networks, it has been a challenge to identify what to prioritize, how to measure, and how to strategize around retail media. And I just... Um, you know, uh, so excited that the IBA, IAB recognized that and brought together you know, a great coalition of brands, agencies, and retailers to tackle this really important moment. So, Jeffrey, we'll start with you. How did all of this start, and how did these standards come to life? So, about a year and a half ago, uh, we we launched. We really kind of launched the Retail Media Committee uh, last year in June, and there's always been conversation on standardizing retail media. I did think that it was a little early standardized last year, uh, just given all the innovation that was still happening. And we also thought it was important as a group to provide an overview of the of guidance and best practices on retail media. So we first focused on the Retail Media Buyer's Guide, uh, which we published in July. And when was once that was done, we um, in April of this year, we set forth to develop retail media measurement standards, looking at recommendations, best practices, and business requirements for retailers. Um, so we partnered with the MRC, the Media and Rating Council, and the objective of the working group was bringing retailers, brands, agencies, and ad tech companies that were working and currently working on measurement to identify ways in which we could bring more transparency and consistency to measurement uh, across the e retail media ecosystem. I think one of the most exciting parts of this is that most of the retailers do want to standardize, be standardized. You know, they, they're the biggest champion. So it made my life very easy on that. So that was very exciting. 
And obviously there was a lot of like engagement and excitement from the brands and the agencies, because obviously, especially agencies are having to, you know, balances across various, not only various retailers, but also various brands. And this is really just such an exciting time to have brands, retailers, agencies, everyone working together. So I really applaud you on on doing that, Jeffrey, and, and really exciting Kelly and Michael to, to have you be a part of that. And Michael, from the retailer perspective, can you tell us why you think the standards are critical to the industry, why you're excited to be a part of it? We'd, we'd love to hear the retailer side. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Peter said part of it in, in his opening too, just around, you know, the number of, of retail media companies out there and 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 really how that makes it difficult. I'm, I'm sure we'll hear from our brand uh, and agency partners uh, all the time on, you know, how it makes it difficult to understand performance uh, and to understand what retailers are providing back in terms of performance metrics and outcomes. Uh, but as I think about the importance of the standards, it, it's really because, you uh, Signal loss has uh, really broken some of the old media investment models. You think about some of what the ANA and others have, have published recently around uh, the amount of dollars that are really heavily wasted in, in the programmatic environment and across digital media as a whole. Retailers have really grown in importance as a, a media platform and a media investment strategy because of new signals that are leading to better media planning, better media measurement technologies. Those signals are uh, closer to the advertisers' traditional their their business than traditional media metrics, and it's moving the industry from just reporting on clicks, CTR, impressions, and reach to things like sales, household penetration lift, and other things that matter. But those signals mean that uh, there's some greater complexity to work with and to understand. And with so many retail media players out there, uh, and many of them doing it very differently, being on a different uh, parts of the maturity curve and where their business is, universal definitions and standards are just absolutely critical to help us speak the same language, help brands ensure that the measurement that they're getting have a high uh, standard of, of, of performance and accuracy that they can uh, compare and just understand transparently what's happening with their media investment. And I'm really confident that what's going to happen as an end result of you know this being a, a first step, certainly in terms of establishing standards, the end result is going to be a media economy that delivers more relevant messages for everybody involved, for advertisers, for publishers, and for consumers who are, are consuming media across uh, their, their entire digital ecosystem. Yeah, Michael, as you, as you know, our, our listeners are the the brand manufacturers, the suppliers, as you might think of them, and, and the people who are, you know, deciding where to put their investment dollars to reach those new shoppers and to, as you know, in, in retail media has really become a powerful place to not only get performance-driven advertising, but also really set brand stories and, and drive affinity. It's become a full funnel kind of opportunity um, and so that's why I think you've seen all of the investments flow towards that medium, but it's also a time when our listeners and, and their executives are looking at how do we do all of this profitably? How do we know that we're getting the best return for our dollars? And so I'm I'm wondering if part of this is that, you know, just as part of you, you, you at Kroger have been such a leader in, in creating this uh, opportunity. Is, do you do you hear that back from your brand partners? And we'll talk to Kelly about this in a second. But is that sort of part of the drive for you is wanting to make it a a very clear investment decision for you know for the 
brands that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. When we when we first launched Cargo Precision Marketing uh, almost six years ago at this point, we, we set out on our mission to actually hold media more accountable. It's not something we talk about all the time, but uh, when, when we first launched and even throughout our journey, that's what we talk to brands about is we want to help uh, drive accountability with media investments, accountability to real outcomes, uh, and these these standards and and you know the conversations that are follow are are really what's going to help a brand or an agency or an investment team really understand the efficacy of their investment on one platform versus another, and where there's differences, how to understand those differences so that you know a dollar here and a dollar there, whether it's you know upper funnel, mid funnel, lower funnel, it doesn't matter. We should be measuring. What matters and, and doing it in the right way. So Kelly, I bet you have been involved in a lot of those conversations with folks like Kroger on behalf of your clients and on behalf of your agency. And uh, how does this new moment uh, or this this these new standards? Um, what's sort of the before and after to you? Like, how has it felt? And then how do you feel like this will shape the the progression of the industry moving forward and the work that you do? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a challenge because we are dealing with a lot of different information from a lot of different sources and the standards are really going to bring us closer to helping to make our, our brand clients make better comparisons so that they can make those strategic investment decisions. And we think about that in a couple of different ways. One, how do we compare the retail media performance with national media? There's only a limited amount of money that brands have to spend and they have to decide, you know, across their different budget items where they're going to invest. So now with the standards, it'll help us be able to compare their compare those two things more apples to apples so we can make those those decisions and and the standards are more in line with those existing media standards as we were saying. And then secondly, looking across retailers. So that's where I think, you know, the Mars agency, that's where a lot of our challenge comes in because it's it's been historically very difficult to take in the reporting from the different retail media networks and compare them. And we've, we've built our own technology within the agency to help our clients do that. But by standardizing those definitions and being forcing people to give more transparency into the methodology, not forcing, but recommending that transparency will be able to then better compare apples to apples. And that'll help our brands make more, you know, holistic budgeting decisions with a lot more information, a lot more, you know, intelligence going into that. I think most importantly, the standards are educating the industry. I think that the sophistication of analytics teams across businesses is different. It's varied. And this is helping brands understand what they can go ask for. Maybe not everybody knows that they can go ask for certain types of reporting and information. And it's also helping to set some expectations on not be not asking for the moon because a lot of times folks don't understand the lift that's involved to be able to give custom reporting for a lot of different campaigns. And that's a lot on the retail media network. So this will help level set those expectations. So you know, if we can hold everybody accountable to meeting these standards, I think it's going to be a really a sea change in how we do business. Agreed. And a really big moment uh, for, for the industry, because I know that having that partnership is just so important. So Jeffrey, without further ado, let's dig into some of the standards. So can you talk about just the key areas that you focused on uh, when it came to creating these standards? Yeah. So 
we focused on six key areas. So um, the the first part that we focused was on data quality and processing. We want to make sure that you know retailers are providing and really ensuring that the data that they're using is um, viable and you can trust it. And then the second part from there, we looked at audience measurement and metrics. How are audiences being measured? How, how are those audiences being developed? Um, chapter three is really where it's interesting. We talk a lot about in-store digital base place measurement, uh, which obviously in store seeing a lot of innovation and growth, a lot of the projections from eMarketer. Uh, and for there, we're providing, you know, in-store zones and pretty much just saying, in-store has measurements already. Let's not create chaos there. Um, I think where it gets a little more fun is on chapter four, when we talk about app, about ad delivery and viewability. And we really um, expand on the notion where, you know, the, 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 for any reported outcome, you need to have a way in which you can prove that someone was exposed to the ad, uh, either through viewability uh, verification or through extrapolation that can prove exposure. Uh, because if you just think about it from a very basic perspective, close of measurement just means the ability for me to know the impact of the ad to the outcome. Uh, and for me to really trust that closed measurement, I need to make sure that someone saw the ad. Um, and then the next chapter is really on guidelines and best practices on, on measuring incrementality. There's been a big push for retailers to um, have incrementality or IROAS be the metric that they champion, which we think is great. But I think that when there's such big emphasis on a metric, it's important to provide standardization and guidelines on how that metric is being derived, methodologies, um, and then finally, we talk a lot about reporting and transparency and start identifying certain metrics that need to be defined and standardized across all retailers to what Kelly was saying. Um, you know, we need to have a way that you can easily compare performance across retailers. And I think also to what Kelly said is that it's not just standardizing retailers, it's also standardizing brands. Um, you know, customizable attribution windows is amazing. You know, that would be amazing. But, you know, I, I don't think that anybody has the data and technological power to be able to do customizable attribution windows, maybe in a few years with AI. Um, so it's also, you know, trying to make sure that you identify things that can be standardized that are actually possible with the technology today. Um, and then also for brands, it's also holding them accountable to make sure that they're more standardized and how they look at things to what Kelly was saying. You can't, because if every brand takes these standards and then asks for their own little specific things on it, we kind of go back to the same problem that they can't measure things comparably anymore. So it's really on how to bring both sides, um, standardize it, and just kind of have a happy medium um, in which we can continue growing retail media. Well, first of all, thank God we didn't get through a podcast without mentioning AI, because... <laughs> It's going to save the world. I'm sure, but no, and I, I mean, that's where you need, you hopefully can lean into things like that to actually get some of this sort of next level things going. But the, the, the standards that you have here, the categories of them are really exciting because in all the conversations that Lauren and I and others have had around this, these are the themes that keep coming up that sort of make it very difficult to do business in this environment. I want to dig in on the one that you called out as the most fun, which is ad deliverment, ad deliverability and view viewability. And it's, you know, as you mentioned, it's a really important metric for brands because if they're not being seen, then you know, you just wasted your dollars or certainly wasted it from the perspective of your 
bosses, the owners of budgets, CFOs being able to feel confident in the spends that they're making. So uh, how did that discussion go? Where, where did you, what, what came out of that discussion uh, in, in a little bit more detail for our listeners? Um, with that discussion, we were really able to dive into what was technologically possible. Because again, a lot of what with these standards, the objective was let's develop standards that can be implemented by retailers within six months. So we didn't want to create impossible standards that, you know, maybe, you know, retailers were like, this is amazing. It's going to take us two years to build it uh, just because the technology doesn't exist. So that that was one of the limitations that we had or parameters that we had around it. Um, but then it was really investigating how you can ensure that there was exposure and you can prove out the exposure. So there was various methodologies in which were outlined. And then what we did is we made sure that there was um, sufficient transparency and overview on how those methodologies were used so that um, brands can feel secure on the measurement that they're, they're on the outcomes that they're being measured. And I think to, to your point, you know, a lot of the conversation was also that, and, you know, to uh, paraphrase Kara Pratt, we really need to focus on the outcome metrics and not really like the vanity metrics. She says that way better than I do, but <laughs> I think that's really also where, you know, we, we need to start working on like, what is the outcome? What are we really trying to achieve based on an objective? Um, especially with retail media that provides closed measurement, it, your CPM and your CPCs really don't matter. If you're out, if you're achieving your outcome, and that should really be the focus. And that's why, you know, when we focus on, on that, we really wanted to make sure that there was the match between somebody being exposed to the ad and the outcome of the ad and not so much the vanity metrics of somebody just being exposed to the ad and, you know, transacting on that exposure. Yeah, I think vanity metrics come into play when there's really nothing else there to grab onto. And now this, this you know, transition to a, a path of, of, better and better measurement is super exciting. And Michael, you, you know, you're one of the ones, well, you created the fire, but to put your feet on. Uh, but, uh, you know, how, when you think about certainly the initial standards, you know, we can accomplish this in six months. How do you feel about where that's headed? And, and then how do you think about, you know, without obviously any, uh, you know, I know, I'm sure you don't have any levels of great detail, but the path forward, like, because this is the beginning, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, overall, what do you think about it for your, you know, for the retailer side of the equation? Yeah, the the outcome measures and, and you know, what Jeffrey mentioned there at the end is, is so, so important. But one of the things we've tried to do as part of this is actually just get back to basics first. There's there's so many things that are really well established already. Uh, and one of the things I appreciate with how Jeffrey and the IAB uh, and the MRC being involved as well, uh, the, the, the approach that we've taken is not to, not to rewrite everything and rewrite uh, for what is a different channel, retail media. Let's start with what exists. There are very well-established standards for what it means for an ad to be viewable. Retail media is not a separate channel. It, it, it's media. And to date, with how fast retailers have grown up as media companies, it's been really inconsistent in how some of those standards have been followed or applied. And that's putting it nicely in, in, in some respects. And so uh, with that lens of, of, of bringing forward things that already exist and things that retailers can implement in, in six months or less, 
we know that retailers are publishers. They're publishers of content and context on their own sites and apps, and we should treat that experience very much the same. So what I, when I say get back to basics, you've got to get the core right first. You've got to understand, even for the simplest of metrics like reach and attributed sales, those have to trigger off of viewable impressions. They have to be based on an ad that was seen by a real human in view on the page or in the app. Uh, and uh, there, there's there's two core reasons I see for that. First, brands and advertisers have to be able to understand and compare across their performance investments, or at the very least, know where there are differences. We've talked a little bit about that already. And getting the foundation right, uh, secondly, uh, or, or wrong, will have a domino effect into those other more complex measures that retailers are capable of bringing forward. Jeffrey mentioned incrementality, uh, in-store sales attribution, incremental household penetration. Those are really important things. Growth and category share. Uh, but if they're all based on a foundation uh, that is different across every, every area, some impressions viewable, some not, uh, some impressions delivered, some not, uh, the, those other metrics are going to fail as a result of that. And so I, what I view this 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 moment uh, as so important uh, for is getting the basics right and then enabling us to bring forward those outcomes uh, that are going to truly transform uh, what, what media does for consumers. I love that point you made. Retail media is still media. And, and we've been doing media for a long time in many different aspects. So I think that speaks to internally as an organization, thinking about who's focusing on this and how you're working cross-functionally around media. And also, I love that comparison that you need to have the building blocks and the basics first to then be able to get to some of those more complex metrics. And when we think about attribution and incrementality, that's that's another really hot topic. I was just talking about it today with another brand. So when we think about having a clear picture about how much money you're spending and what you're getting out of that. Jeffrey, what came out of that conversation and, and what did you get to in terms of how to define the attribution and the incrementality? So for incrementality, one of the things, uh, one of the main topics that we really dove into is the use of synthetic controls and the weighting in terms of attribution as well. So um, for example, um, if you search cereal and you look at the product display pages and uh, Frosted Flakes comes up as an ad and you click it and you buy it, you know, direct attribution, that's great. You know, incremental, that's 100% incremental sale. One of the things we said that if you're not doing a, you know, if you don't have a control and hold that group and doing a true A-B test and use synthetic controls, then you need to ensure that you're weighting not just the behavioral attributes, but also the traffic sources within the within the platform and their their search intent. So, you know, if you were to have searched Frosted Flakes and you also bought the Frosted Flakes, um, any A-B test would weight us differently with synthetic controls. That may not always be the case. So we did say that you had to you had to ensure that you were waiting. You know, I would be probably weighted higher because I did a non-brand search and I bought the product. You needed the brand search and you bought the product. We also talked about um the the in terms of viewability. Um if if from the product display page same experience, non-brand Frosted Flakes, uh, and I buy the product and there's an ad in the bottom, but the ad just rendered, but it was never viewable. You shouldn't attribute a sale to that because I never saw it. And then um, even if I did see it, you should definitely weigh that much lower if you use synthetic controls um, if I buy the product because most people that are in the product display page 
bought the product. So the incremental value is not that high. And that's something that you may not, you you definitely have to ensure that you're reducing that data bias for synthetic controls. Um, and then for attribution, we provide a lot of best practices on how you should be looking at same thing, weighting, uh, and then also a lot of you know examples and recommendations on statistical models, uh, which we thought were really important. Um, and um, yeah, and I, I think one thing to really echo kind of like what you know Michael said in terms of like really ensuring that we're striving to improve the industry. Uh, like every time we get on a call, Andrew, I mean, sorry, Michael was always talking about um, how can we ensure that we are doing what's right and not what's easier. And he really set the bar. Uh, and that was, you know, I think that's, you know, one, one of the reasons that, you know, it's great to have Michael as a co-chair because he, to his point, you know, I think he's really trying to see what is moving the industry forward and what can continue growth. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, retail media is growing continuously and it's growing really rapidly. But we want this growth to continue long-term. The objective of the retailer should be, how can I help my, how can I improve the customer experience and to move more products because the goal of this brand is how can I move products off the shelf? And if you are not creating an ecosystem that helps brands and agencies do that as seamless and easily as possible and measure success on that, short term, yes, you can be very profitable. But long term, there's no profitability or growth in the industry that way. If everyone wins together, that's really what success is. So we all need to focus on being our best partner. So I love that, Jeffrey. I think that's amazing. And I think that's the the beauty of, of these standards. Kelly, from your perspective on the agency side, when you think about attribution and incrementality, what did you feel uh, came out of the, the retail standards? Yeah, I think what was really interesting is that I think folks came into the discussion with a clear thought in their mind of what like the attribution window should be. And, I, you know, the point of the standards is not to define that specifically because measuring, you know, the sale of a refrigerator is completely different than measuring the sale of a can of soup, right? We're all coming from different perspectives. So it was interesting. Um, I think the, the revelation of we have to define the definitions, we have to define the recommendations for transparency, but we're not necessarily trying to define the specifics. And I think that might've been um, a little eye-opening to some folks, right? Like they had, you know, what should, what should that be? Well, it's not about what should it be, but are you getting that information from your reporting? Um, and then just to echo, you know, what Jeffrey and Michael both said, you know, the the point of this is that we're all coming from different perspectives and uh, listening to the conversations was so interesting. It was very robust. And at the end of the day, you know, the collective goal is understanding. Everybody wants the campaigns to be successful because we everybody wants a positive experience for the shoppers and setting these standards and, you know, thinking about you know, the discussions on on attribution and incrementality, it's level setting us in a place where we can then start to grow and get to deeper insights, deeper information. So this is the first set of standards, but, you know, what are we going to do in a year as we start to increase, you know, what we're able to do with this information? So it's definitely helping the collective industry. It's so great to hear all of you talk about this. One, uh, just I know how much energy you all have put into this and others in the industry. So it's really exciting to just hear your passion for it uh, and and how diligent you've been. And, and I think what you talked about, Kelly, is so true that 
when you're writing regulations, whether it's at this level or probably at the governmental level, you have to be very careful to know that, like, how do you regulate without either tamping down innovation or codifying something that just will be out of date in the next six months? So finding that right balance and giving enough room for innovation uh, and and the industry to keep moving must be it must be a kind of a juggling game did you, you know, did you struggle with that along the way or or sounded like some of those conversations came up um yeah i mean i i anyway i think that um they, they did uh i would like to you know i, th- I think the mars agency with the report card made my life very easy because they they, <laughs> they 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 kind of already set the blueprint on what that conversation would look like you know you know they developed the report card is great because it looks at all the different attributes that retailers have. It talks about the innovation that they have. And when we started, when I, when we started drafting them, I definitely use those as an overview of saying, well, these, these are the measurement requirements. This is what the retailers are. Um, and then how can we develop standards that look at non-derived metrics? So that way innovation continue happening. You know, maybe in five years, we decide that incrementality isn't it, but we focus on non-derived metrics, such as attribution, viewability, um, which at the end of the day, those were always exist to get any derived metric we, we come up with later. So, you know, that was one of the things that we really wanted to focus on. So we weren't going to dictate how you measure ROAS. We were going to dictate the metrics that go into measuring that. Um, so that was one thing. And then I think with, with innovation, I think it was important to obviously, with the ex- example of the chapter three, when we look at digital base place ads environments for in-store, um, there we were just saying, hey, these are the definitions for in-store. We talked about exposure zones, dwell time, engagement. We didn't put any you know, specific limits on what a dwell time is, what engagement exposure zones, you know, distance. What we really just said is, you know, gave the overall definitions and allowed the retailers to really decide on that. And then also, you know, providing that education. Because at the end of the day is if a retailer provides enough transparency where both the brand and the retailer can discuss what the exposure zones should be for them and what how they're viewing that performance. I think that's really important because at the end of the day, Peter, to your point, is how do you, how do you balance customization and uh, standardization with a platform and solution that is very much personalized driven? So a lot of what we focus is how can we call out ways in which there can be more transparency in the methodology so that even if there's more innovation, you're still using data modeling, you're still using you know, statistical models, you're still, there's still data bias, there's still data controls, and that's really what we're focused on. Um, but, you know, at, at the same point, um, we also left a lot of open room so that, you know, we're probably going to look at in-store alone by itself. And we hinted that we were going to do, you know, an in-store taxonomy, and we talked about in-store zones. Um, so we did leave a little bit more room so that the industry continues to innovate, and then we'll see where that kind of ends up maybe in a year or two, and then we may have to readdress some of the points to continue with the innovation, especially uh, as we look at offsite and in-store. And I, what I find really interesting is that you also did the the buyer's guide before you did the standards to also get everyone in the right headspace and thinking about it in the same way. Because I think one of the challenges with retail media is 
someone might not be native to knowing retail media, may not have done it for the past five years, and it might be new to them. So they might only know one metric or one element of it. So the buyer's guide really kind of set the stage to make sure the education was there, everyone was talking about the same things. And now the standards really kind of help the the brands and the retailers build their strategies in the right way. So for anyone who's listening, I, I encourage you to look at the buyer's guide and also to look at the standards together, because I think that really sets a, a great stage. And Kelly, when you think about kind of making changes, so uh, uh, Jeffrey shared that six months uh, to make these changes that were set out from the retailer standards from an, the agency side, how are you going about making those changes? And have you maybe spoken to any other agencies? How are how are you feeling about kind of implementing these things moving forward? Yeah, well, I, and Jeffrey mentioned the retail media network report card that our agency puts out. So the first thing we're doing is looking at how do we incorporate these standards into that report card so that we are providing a measure of how we think, you know, retail and media networks are living up to those standards. So that'll be a, a concrete point that we can pull into that rationale. And um, in terms of changes, I mean, it's giving us a resource to point to when we make measurement and reporting recommendations. It's giving us that those proof points to say it's okay to ask for these things. Um, I think it's just helping us have those conversations. Um, having all of the transparent transparency guidelines outlined in the standards is just going to help us get the data points we need to better compare apples to apples and help our clients make those investment decisions. So I think it's 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 supporting everything that we've kind of been saying, um, but then really helping us, you know, have those conversations with our brands and our retail partners. And Michael, from the retailer side, I can almost imagine during joint business planning with some of the brands, maybe they bring this to the table or, or this is the standard or the framework that they use to have these conversations. Like, how are you imagining including these standards in your conversations with brands and, and making these changes internally? Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly do, and I expect they will more so a, a after this as well. That That's really, uh, for me, what's been uh, a big part of, of this process uh, has been how do we enable the right transparent conversations between sellers and buyers? Uh, that, that happens in pockets today, but we need to empower everybody to do that because that's what's really going to help lift the industry and help uh, create a better experience for consumers. Because I think about retailers, it's been awesome to actually collaborate with uh, many different retailers as part of the group. And, uh, you know, some of them in, in the grocery space like me and some of them in different verticals, you know, the, the, the Best Buys or Home Depots of the world. And so, you know, everybody's made different choices as they've stood up their media business. Um, some have built things internally. Some have relied on ad tech partners. Uh, I expect that, you know, some of the more mature media platforms and, and retailers will have um, you know, less to change in, in some respects. And I expect uh, there's going to be a lot who need to rely on, on different partners or agencies to help help meet the standards and help uh, drive uh, the right uh, visibility and transparency into, you know, their practices uh, based on, 
you know, the data asset that they have, the inventory that they have on their site and other things. You know, we often talk about uh, this thing retail media, but the underlying data is very different for every retailer. Yes, it's behavioral. Yes, it's first party. Um, some of it's digital, some of it's in store, some of it's tied to a loyalty program, some of it's based on credit card transactions and other things. It, it's very different. And so those transparent conversations between sellers and buyers uh, are going to be, you know, one of the most important outcomes out of this. And it's not to say that brands and agencies won't stop advertising with certain retailers who don't follow the brands. It's just going to create a, a, a bridge and create a, a more productive conversation on what needs to be true to uh, uh, en enable uh, a certain retailer's capabilities and data measurement uh, uh, offerings uh, to really influence that brand's investment in a bigger way and, and just create that benchmark and framework for, for the conversation they should have. And Michael, if you could say to the brand, here's one thing that I want you to do differently in joint business planning with Kroger, or one one thing I want you to get out of the standards that would be valuable for our partnership, what would it be? Uh, ask us more questions, challenge. I think uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of our brand partners that do challenge us today, that bring their feedback, that call us out when they don't understand something or they don't see something from us. Uh, that's what we want. We welcome that feedback. We welcome that conversation. I think the, the and you mentioned the buyer's guide a little bit ago too, uh, that served as a foundation to help educate uh, on uh, what, what retail media is, why it's important, what it's out there, what it can do for brands and their investments. This is about uh, enabling brands to enter those conversations with their retailer partners, uh, myself and my teams included, uh, to come prepared with questions uh, to be able to to really get into uh, what's happening with their business and how they can grow, how they can grow their category share, how they can leverage the retailer's capabilities uh, to be more effective with how they spend. So uh, Jeffrey, um, I wanna ask you sort of what happens from here kind of in two dimensions. And I actually wanna start with the kind of the long-term view first, because as we, uh, as you think about this, this is sort of uh, to Michael and Lauren's point, like now these uh, re requirements having been sort of cooked up in the lab are about to go out and sort of meet the fog of war <laughs> out in the world. And I'm wondering, what is the time span for ongoing revision and, and sort of where these go? Because these should be building standards of this for the next decade of the digital shelf, right? And so how do you think about the kind of the arc of the next period that these go out and live in the world so that uh, before there is a new version or something like that? How do you think about that span, first of all? So I think the, the first step for us would be education. I think education is incredibly important. And we're working on, on some partnerships that will help that education. So Kelly kind of hinted at like the report card that, you know, me selfishly, I was like, can, can we include them? <laughs> uh, and I think that education is going to be great because, you know, the standards, uh, they, they are very technical. They, they yeah. get very, um, they, they, they're very descriptive. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that, you know, somebody that is on the product engineering or, you know, actually, you know, on the measurement analytics part of retail media may understand it. So the question is, how do we create education so that the person that is deciding on those budgets uh, optimizing on those budgets, me on those negotiations can understand what the standards are. So it's um, partnering on education. So that's going to be a big part that we'll be start. We'll be publishing various 
guides and guidelines uh, on education so that you know brands and agencies can understand how do I use this? And then um, also uh, guidelines so that retailers can be like, what do I do? How should I prioritize it? What does this mean? Uh, so we're you know working on some partnerships uh, that we'll be announcing in, in the next uh, coming weeks on how we were thinking about doing this. Um, and then I think from there, um, obviously one of the things also is that um, the standards, uh, there's not going to be a retail media standard. There's various standards as the guys that's going to be each chapter essentially. Right. Uh, and that just will allow for the flexibility for that retailers can um, get fully standardized across everything just because the specific ability for them to be standardized across everything, just I would say very few retailers today would be able to be accredited fully. Um, and depending on how that goes, we may... Uh, have a full certification of retail media, uh, but you know we'll we'll start from there, and then also working with other auditing companies um, on you know creating specific audits for retailers um, long term. But I think beyond that is you know how can we you know the, the objective of the standard is how can we make it easier for you to buy retail media. So a lot of what we're thinking about is beyond standards. It's you know creative ad specifications. How can we improve the ability for you to buy retail media? So we're having a lot of discussions on what that might look like, what that might be. Um, obviously, there's a lot of ideas, but you know that's kind of what we're thinking long-term beyond measurement. And then um, have the standards out for you know a few months, and then kind of see where they are, and then you know also look at in-store. So those would be kind of like what we're thinking in terms of long-term, in terms of standardiz standardizing of retail media. Right. And I certainly want to give uh, credit where credit is due. I, I think Michael managed uh, mentioned them earlier, but the uh, the Media Rating Council, the MRC, has been an important part of this effort as well. Yes. Yes. Ron from the Media Rating Council has been paramount on this. He has been incredibly patient and helped us a lot in kind of drafting and kind of coming to compromises and really aligning and ensuring that we are as concise as we can be. Uh, and yeah, they've been incredible partners and we, we we're obviously going to continue working with them. We've worked with them before. We continue working with them. And, you know, I think that the next project will probably be digital base place, but it'll be an MRC led project, which will be participating because it'll be much larger than just our group. Uh, but there's a lot of, you know, ways in which we're looking to ensure that this industry continues to grow um, in, you know, the right direction. I'm sure both patience and a sense of humor is critical when you're building regulations for an entire industry. So I'm yes. glad that you had all of that. So let's um let's zoom into the short term here and put our listeners' feet to the fire right now. How can our listeners participate in this process, add their voice? Uh, what what can they do? So um, the retail media measurement guidelines went out for public comment on September 13th, and they will be out for public comment until um, October 13th. And then um, you can, we'll publish them at the uh, IAB.com. And then you can send over your your comments uh, to data at IAB.com. Um, and the group will reconvene October 19th. And um, all the comments that we get from folks will be anonymized. So I will be using that few days to anonymize everyone's feedback and to just add comments to the document. And then the group will address all the comments, see what should be added, what should, what's relevant, what's not relevant. I, I think a lot of times we're also trying to ensure that there's certain parameters on what we're covering and what we're not covering. 
Yeah. Um, and then we hope to, you know, get these addressed hopefully by the end of the year. If not, if we go into December, we'll probably publish, publish them in early January, uh, just because, you know, December with the holidays. But yeah, I think that's, that would be the next steps in how we're going to be addressing this. Great. I mean, you know, we hear so often from our listeners who have been um, vocal about the struggles that they have with um, with figuring out how to work well in retail media, how to think about it, accountability. So I encourage everybody to uh, take that fervor and put it into investing back in these standards because there's no better uh, body in the industry than the IAB to be taking this the mantle of this on. And so um, this seems like a very important place to to participate um, with your voice. So I'd encourage that. Uh, Kelly, um, you know, you're often the the middle person in between uh, all of these uh, players. Um, what what advice would you offer uh, to folks that are trying to understand these and put these into action? Yeah, I think from an action perspective, I have two things. One is communicate this information throughout your organization. Um, oftentimes the folks responsible for retail media within a brand organization Sometimes they're part of the rest of the media team. Sometimes they're separate. Sometimes they're closely aligned with their analytics teams. Sometimes they're separate. So there can be a lot of silos within an organization. And this gives uh, a, a, a reason to come together and have those conversations and come to that kind of mutual understanding. So communicate, share, you know, get this information across your organization. Um, secondly, it's a great push to make sure that brands and agencies are using this to have conversations with our retail partners and continue to push for standardization, continue to push for transparency. Um, and Because if we don't adopt it, if we don't all agree that we're going to abide, you know, by the standards or at least strive to, you know, abide by the standards, it's never going to work, right? So we all have to make sure we're holding each other accountable and pushing for standardization, for transparency, for better reporting and getting the information that we need and holding ourselves accountable too, to understanding that information as we're out, you know, out there buying retail media. So it only works if we all do it. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael, what do you think about that? Like, you know, Kelly kind of saying it, it lives and dies on the the, the uh, people adopting it, using it, feedback, et, et cetera, and actually conversing around it. Uh, what do you think? What does the future look like here? I, I love that. I'll, I'll second every, everything Kelly said there. It's, it's about those conversations. It's about the, the conversations that retailers and brands will now be able to have much more directly about uh, the planning, the activation, the performance of their media investments together. Uh, but I'll, I'll broaden it a little bit and, and I'll ask the audience really to embrace change because while we're talking about uh, very clearly the relationship between retailers and brands and how we understand investments and everything else, this isn't just about changing retail media or uh, shopper marketing teams or even commerce or brand teams. This is about changing the entire industry. This is about having meaningful conversations on sales and attribution on, on real business outcomes 
these standards are going to enable that. And, uh, you know, and anything worth doing uh, is is usually hard. Uh, it's been hard to get to this moment. And this next phase is going to be even more challenging. Uh, and embracing change and having that mindset as you go into those conversations is going to be just incredibly important uh, to make us successful and to help change the entire media industry for the better. I want to put like, I don't know, some movie music theme behind that because that was drop. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to be said there. You know, I've, I spent, I've spent a good, you know, so a good portion of my adult life, like serving on boards for nonprofits, I believe in things like that. And um, there, there are always the people that come to the table to make things happen. And then there's a lot of people that have an opinion about it. And this is the moment where I just would encourage everybody to come together and make this work because it's so important for a really critical area of investment. And in this uh, in this economic environment and you know, money's no longer free and all that stuff, making sure you're getting the bang for your buck and finding new shoppers. And that's what the whole ball game's about. And retail media in terms of privacy and targeting and all those other good halo things that you get out of it uh, is a really important place to invest in. So uh, uh, first of all, thank you all so much for the investment you've made personally and professionally into this. Um, and to take the time to be here and sort of break the news with us is just, it's an honor for the DSI and we're really grateful. Thank you so much. It's just incredible to have all of your voices here to share the insights and break the news on the DSI. So we really appreciate everything you're doing for the industry. It's just really, really exciting. Yeah. And I would say, so go to IAB.com. Um, you'll, you'll find these new regulations there. If you have any questions about where to find it or what's going on, data at IAB.com. Um, because the people on this podcast are not only brilliant, they're also really good looking. So we've, we're have we going to send out a video version of this so that it's more easily shareable within your organization. And so uh, I'll explain how to find that in the closer, uh, but also we'll be publishing it on our LinkedIn uh, channels and things like that. So, uh, and, you know, Lauren, I know you're very interested and involved in this. So Folks can always reach out to you and you have great ways of connecting or making sure uh, and everything will also be at, at digitalshelfinstitute.org, right? Yes, happy to help. If you have questions, yeah, let me up. know. I can connect you, digitalshelfinstitute.org. It'll all be there for you. Great. Thanks again, team. We really appreciate it. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Really enjoyed it. Thanks to all our guests for helping us break the news of this significant step forward in maturing the retail media market. We are grateful to the IAB for sharing this news with us. You can also access the video version I mentioned by going to our podcast page at digitalshelfinstitute.org and the link will be available under the listing for this episode. We'll also be sharing the link on our DSI LinkedIn page. Thanks for being part of our community.